welcome to Limitless Women Podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Salord, and I'm committed to interview powerful and inspirational women from all around the world to share with you their successful stories despite all real-life circumstances in order to help each other grow in all areas of our life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Limitless Women podcast, and thank you for listening. My guest today is Rachel White. She works with women who are ready to step up as the leaders they were born to be and help them to express their authentic self while experiencing more vitality and freedom. Rachel is a coach, speaker, author, yoga teacher, and host of the Gentle Podcast. She's focusing her life on teaching, guiding, and leading women who wants to up-level up their impact, income, and life by providing them with proven leadership tools, business techniques, right mindset, and spirituality practices. We spoke in details about her passion, business, mastermind group, yoga practice, her book Gentle Glow, and another upcoming book about leadership. Enjoy! Hi, Rachel. Welcome to Limitless Women Podcast from the other side of the world, Australia, here in Toronto, Canada. I cannot explain how happy I am for this interview with you. I love to meet women full of life and purpose in life. Thank you so much. However, I'm so excited to be here. Sincerely, thank you for reaching out. And I love how social media sometimes connect us with the right people. Rachel contacted me on Instagram around a month ago. She has a very interesting curriculum as a speaker, author, host, yoga teacher. So these are plenty of topics to talk about with you today. Tell us a little bit more of yourself so people can get to know you a bit more. Yeah, definitely. So the work that I'm doing now is really working with women to first and foremost come home to their self, to feel comfortable in expressing their full and authentic self. And then to, from that point, focus on self-mastery, loving service, to elevate and up-level their, the impact they're making on the world, the income, the life they're experiencing. And I feel like a lot of my focus right now is on leadership, personal leadership and leadership in the impact that we make, because I feel like it's really the cornerstone or, or the foundation in how we make a difference to our own life and then how we make a difference to others. And I love working with women that have this drive to help others, to help others rise. And I think it creates these really beautiful ripples and these really beautiful cycles throughout the world whenever one woman steps into her power, whenever we help one other person. It's just such a beautiful process. And I really love getting to be a part of that. And I do that through my coaching I run programs. I'm about to launch my first mastermind. I've written a book and I'm writing a few more books now. And yeah, I just, I love expressing my insights and guidance in a, in a lot of different ways through my podcast as well. And yeah, a few other avenues. That's a bit of a snapshot about what I'm all about right now. I think like we are on the same path in the empowerment of women community, which is awesome because if we embrace and lift each other, we feel much better as human beings. It's really cool to help others. And at the same time, you, you're growing as well. So I'm sharing this with you. And going a little bit to the beginning of how you start all of this, because you're such in a young age, you're only 27 years, and you have like all this curriculum. You already launched your first book. You're currently 
writing your second book, which you're going to talk about. You have your podcast, you have your mastermind groups. And it's like, what inspired you to do all this, to be like full of light in your journey to want to do so many different things? Yeah, well, I feel like I've always had this deep longing to be a leader, to make a difference, to be at the forefront of some kind of cause to help pull potential out of other people. And I remember like in primary school, I like volunteered to be the class president and I've always just kind of thrown myself into roles like that whenever I can. And I remember when I was 13 in high school and I just, I remember the moment where I just made this decision and I thought I want to dedicate my life to helping other people. And at that point in time, that decision was coming from a really wounded place of I didn't have a lot of self-worth as a 13-year-old and I thought, well, my life's not going to get any better, so I may as well give my life to help other people. That was kind of where it was coming from at that point in time. That mission to help people and to be my best self has always been there and it's really evolved and and elevated as I've come into my whole self and and come into my self-worth and love for myself as well. So all throughout school, university and early in my professional career, I always took up so many opportunities for self-development. I've done a few leadership programs. I've done so many workshops and programs and had high level coaches. And I've always been really dedicated to my self-mastery, to elevating myself in so many different areas in mindset, my spirituality, my intuition, strategy, or all the things. I was professionally working as an accountant for seven and a half years. I started working while I was still in my first year of university. I started that experience with the drive to help people. And I've always been really fascinated with business. So I thought as an accountant, I would be able to help small businesses grow. I would be able to help families succeed with their business. But I just found that working full time for someone else in the public practice accounting firm setting it just never really felt right for me. I just felt so restricted. I felt like I had to be this professional person and and hide the other spiritual, open-minded part of myself. So in October 2018, I just decided that I just can't live to other people's rules anymore. I have to be my full self and it's okay if I take a cut in income for a little while. It's okay if I don't know exactly what life is going to look like, but I just know that I can't continue as I was. And at that point in time, I had been casually teaching yoga and casually coaching for a few years. So I did kind of have the foundations laid for the business that I'm now running, which was really helpful at that point in time. Yeah. So that's just my journey. I've always strived to help other people and to be my best self. And it's just really evolved to this place where I feel enough and worthy as I am and it's it used to be like I had something to prove but now it's just in full loving service I know that this is my purpose and I know that this is my mission in life and I genuinely just love teaching and guiding and leading others and I love seeing that evolve and transform in other people as well. I really like how you expose this as master yourself. You want to become like best version of yourself in so many ways, which obviously this work never ends. So I think you had a litter inside of you since early age. 
and you wanted to expose it in a different way. What made you choose to be an accountant and not going with this drive you had inside of you to be a leader to help other people? Yeah, so how I kind of came into accounting was like I feel like the leadership component is something that I've brought into every role that I have had since I was a teenager. So like I was really in the mindset of like I can be a leader in whatever I'm doing. And that drive was always there. The reason I followed accounting as a career path was because in high school when we were picking work experience, it was kind of like when I talked about what I wanted to do based on the subjects that I was good at, the teachers were kind of like, oh, well, you can be a teacher or you can be an accountant. And it was kind of like they were the options presented to me. And I did like a week of work experience in a primary school and I thought, I don't want to be a teacher. Even though like I love teaching people and I love guiding people and I've always felt like that was something I would ultimately end up doing. When I was a teenager, it was kind of like the only way to do this is to be a teacher in schools. And so I, that didn't really fit right. Accounting as a subject at school was something that I was always really good at. And it was kind of, I guess, like a little bit of an ego boost because it was something that pretty much every other person in the class really struggled with when I was in high school. And I, it just was so effortless to me. And accounting is like the language of business. Numbers tell stories about businesses. So I've always really loved numbers. I love like statistics and analytics. It came really natural to me. And I saw the importance in business. Like my family, we grew up running a business. And then my dad started a business. And I saw where my business is called a stressful tension in my family. So that really influenced me. And like, I want to help more family businesses run the best that they can so that there's no stress in their home life. Yeah, so it kind of just like rippled into, okay, well, I know that I want to go to university, so I'll study accounting. It was kind of presented as like, this is the only option. And I also live in a, like a rural regional town in Australia. So like the courses available were like accounting, teaching, nursing, like it wasn't just diversified like you might find in in some city in a lot of all city universities. So yeah, I kind of just went into that path and it was with the motivation that I want to, like I can be a leader in whatever business I enter into. I want to help small businesses grow. I want to help people with their stress and everything. But when I actually got to the stage of advising clients in my career, it was always around like they just wanted to get their tax done or they wanted to look at the numbers. And it was like, I wanted to talk to them about their mindset. I wanted to talk to them about their stress levels. I wanted to talk to them about how they were showing up for their family within like the craziness of their business. But it was like, I was so restricted in like, I couldn't go be this professional accountant and it brings spiritual elements into my client session. So it was kind of like, I couldn't advise clients in the way I wanted. And it's like the clients that I had, like they didn't want that anyway. So I wanted to work with my soul clients, with people that really wanted to embrace strategy and spirituality, where they wanted like someone that was intelligent and intuitive. We always tend to change our paths. We start with one thing along the years. We have other opportunities and circumstances that they drive us to today. Definitely. And I think that's the most important part about following our intuition because our intuition tells us the next step. It doesn't give us this big map about this is exactly where you're going to go. If like five years ago or like let's say seven years ago, 
you asked me what I would be doing in seven years. Like there's no way I would explain what I'm doing now because I wasn't even aware that this was a possibility. So there's so many things in our future that we're just not even aware of right now. And if we get too caught up in needing to know exactly where we're going to end up, then we don't move in the direction we need to because we are at an understanding now that will not understand our future selves. So it's really important just to focus on following the next step. And even how I got into coaching and yoga, it was like when I think back about all the little things that had to line up and happen to put me on those paths, like there's so many things. Like I lived in New Zealand for half a year in 2015 and I went to this workshop at a stationary shop and the person that was presenting mentioned that she was a life coach and that was the first time I had ever heard that term and that I was like consciously aware of and I thought that sounds so interesting so that night I just looked up all these like what is a life coach I looked up trainings and then like a month or two later I signed up to a life coach certificate course so yeah there's so many it was just following one step at a time really led to where I am now. Just an affirmation that we can do anything we want. Yeah, definitely. Tell us a lot about your first book. So my first book is called Gentle Glow and it's about connecting to your inner light to be the most vibrant version of yourself that you can be. It's in the introduction and the first chapter of the book, I explain how I see our inner light is like this at the center of our chest It's this glowing light. And if you imagine it like the sun, like the sun is always glowing, no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, the sun is always glowing. Sometimes our experience with the sun is different because they could be clouds or it could be raining or it could be windy or all these other external circumstances, but the sun is still shining. And that's the same as our inner light. Our inner light is always there. We always have access to it. It's just sometimes clouds can form around it. And in the book, every chapter goes through cloud as a metaphor, as something that might be blocking the shine of your inner light that you're feeling in your life. And I talk about how to dissolve the cloud. So there's a chapter on connecting to your intuition. There's a chapter on letting go of this idea that you need to be busy. There's one on like connecting to your physical body, connecting to your natural energy cycles and things like that. And it's all about, I feel like it's a really, it's the book that I wish I read when I first got into spirituality. For someone that's really interested in their personal development and wants to enter it from an energy, spiritual, but holistic as well point of view, it's, yeah, like I feel like it's a really, really beautiful, simple, entry-level personal development book, but a really beautiful reminder if you have been doing this kind of work for a little while as well. Leanne, there's heaps of like practices, journal prompts, affirmations and things like that throughout the book as well. And how long it took you to write it? So I wrote and self-published this book in six weeks. My goal, I had a goal to do it in like two months. So yeah, like I think back and I think, wow, that's crazy that I did that. But it's just another example of you can do whatever you want. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. When I was writing, like I was really committed to do this like this is going to be done in two months I was so committed to it and I feel like it just flowed together so beautifully it was so from I decided that I was going to write the book 
and have it published in two months. And then a couple of days later, I just woke up one morning and I just got my journal and a pen and I was like, oh my God, I know exactly what this book is going to look like. I wrote down, I like drew like a circle and like a sun and I wrote, you're in a light. And then I had like these eight clouds and wrote what the clouds were and they ended up being the chapters. So I had the exact template and structure for the book as soon as I committed and really declared that I was ready for this book to flow through me. And I feel like when I wrote it, it was just the perfect timing because it was like the point where everything that I had been learning and integrating and doing for about like four or five years was like, okay, like I know exactly what I need to share. I I know exactly what this book is. So yeah, like it, it just flowed together really nicely. And the process with the book I'm writing now has been really different. But yeah, with the first book, it just, everything happened in perfect timing for that. And this is another great example that when you're committed and you have things really clear, you are focused and you have a timeline because at the end, time flies. So it's super inspiring that you were not only like committed to yourself, but to your purpose to help others. So this is amazing. Yeah, definitely. And I I want to note one more thing for anyone listening that wants to write a book. Like we don't have to follow other people's timelines. Like if you write a book in like six weeks, three months, six months, two years, like Mm -hmm. it's still amazing. And I feel like, like when we see other people do things in their timeframes, we can think, yes, that's possible for me. And it absolutely is. If you want to write and publish a book in six weeks, then you can absolutely do it. And I just also want to say that before writing this book, I was constantly like writing long blog posts I had wrote ebooks that were like 10,000 words at university I wrote things that were like thousands and thousands of words so it wasn't like suddenly I got on my laptop and could write these tens of thousands of words like I had been refining my writing skills for a while so yeah like it's okay to enter as a beginner no matter how many no matter how much writing you've done in the past or how use you are to telling stories and to structuring things in a certain way you can always do it but it's just like know your starting point as well like if you've never written anything in your life then maybe start writing some shorter things that will eventually transform into a book whenever you do anything creative that's really coming from yourself you need to let go of that idea of it needs to be perfect because there's always ways you can change it there's always ways you can refine it And in, so my book is published and after it was published, there was three or four little typos in there, but it doesn't bother me. I felt like I knew that there would be at least one typo that I missed, even though like I proofread it, it got um, proofread by another person. Like I did everything I could and I accept that it's not perfect, but it's still perfect for what it is. So tell us about what you're writing right now, or you cannot feel free Yeah, I can definitely share a little bit. So I'm actually writing two books right now. The book that's going to be coming out next, really soon actually, probably within a month, maybe two months, is about gratitude. And it's kind of just like a little short and fun book. So it talks about gratitude as a way to make you glow even brighter with more happiness and love. And it talks about like the science and the spirituality of gratitude. It's got kind of like a fictional story interwoven. It's got coloring pages, word searches and like journal pages. So it's kind of just like a cool little, little fun book that I'm really excited to put out there. And that was like really, it's just for fun because I think it, it's really cool. And I think gratitude is such an important practice to have 
down in every person's life. Um, the second book I'm writing at the moment, which is kind of like my main focus and my next like big piece of work is about like, it's about leadership. It's about spirituality. It's about like going a bit deeper into my journey and my story. And yeah, like I feel like that's all I want to share at the moment. But this book has been, so I, I started writing this book, I think maybe the start of this year. So it's been like at least four or five months. And this book, I really, like I didn't want to set a specific deadline until I had the structure. This book, I've kind of just been, like I'll get a random inspiration and I'll write like 3,000 words. So it's kind of coming together like that. I feel like it, it's getting to a point now where I want to kind of like review everything I've written and then actually put some structure rounded out a little bit but yeah this book I don't have a time frame I don't have a deadline because I wanted just to see how it would go with a bit more flow as it gets more complete then I'll probably put some more structure in my in my commitment and deadline to it but yeah it's just I, I wanted it to come together more intuitively both of them sound amazing like my kind of books so how did you became a yoga teacher yeah so in 2016 I went on a hike in Japan in the Kumano Kudo. It was like, it's a sacred pilgrimage track yeah. and it was a really intense experience. I felt like my body was literally going to break. And then one day, like the day that I literally felt like I could not take another step, I set, like I stepped onto the track for a whole day of working. I was with a group of people as well. And when we got to the mountaintop, one of the people we were with, was a yoga teacher and we were kind of doing like poses like taking photos of them and doing a little bit of yoga at the top of this mountain and I just thought I want to be a yoga teacher <laughs> and I initially I thought I just want to do the course because I'm just so interested in learning more about yogic philosophy about this other like spiritual enlightenment side of life I really just want to learn all of that and it'd also be cool to learn the poses to like do for myself and that kind of, I guess, seeds were being planted even before that when I was learning about mindfulness and meditation for the purpose of doing things better at my job for like dealing with the stress that I was experiencing every day. But then when I started my yoga teacher training, part of the course, it was recommended to teach a few classes while we were studying. And I taught one class and I just loved it so much. And it was like this new form of teaching, this new way of sharing like inspiration, like gentle guidance and all of that. And so I just, I kept teaching as a trainee teacher. And then when I finished my course, I just kept teaching and I, I just really loved it. And it's like, I do, I love sharing yoga and I feel like yogic philosophy is something I integrate. Like a lot of yogic philosophy is integrated in my book, Gentle Glow, and a bit of it in my new books as well. But yeah, that that's kind of how I got into it and I'm doing my advanced teacher training online now which is really cool to kind of look at go even deeper into these like deep yogic traditions yoga like yogic philosophy is over 5,000 years old from the Vedas which is like the science of life text from ancient India so I just think it's so fascinating that all of these philosophies all of these ways of life that were taught 5000 years ago are still so relevant 
to today and so relevant to how we experience our wholeness and how we experience life. I think like yoga is such a, a different lifestyle. For me, it's an incredible experience how you challenge your body and you realize that your mind has to be like really present with your body. When you're thinking about something else while doing a pose, you lose balance. It's super challenging. And this is what I love about yoga. Mm, and I think like how yoga is seen in the Western world a lot is like just stretching, but it's so much more than that. Yoga comes from the like Sanskrit word yoke, which means union. Yoga is the union of the mind, body and spirit. And all the poses have, firstly, they open energy lines within our body clearing the path for our prana, our life force to move through our physical body and our energetic bodies as well. And all poses have these metaphysical meanings. Like the more flexible we are in our body, the more flexible we are in our mind, the more flexible we are in life. Like we don't get fixated on one thing. We're able to flow. The flowing movements represent that as well. Even doing balancing yoga poses helps you be more balanced and more focused. Like you said, when you're in a balanced pose, if you get distracted, you'll fall down. Balance is about focus. So for me, yoga initially was about like calming my mind because that's what I thought I had to do. I thought, I'm so stressed. If I can just stop my thoughts, then I will not be stressed. But the thing is, we don't need to stop our thoughts. Thoughts are things that naturally occur. But when we're more grounded and we're more, more balanced, we have this union of our mind, body, soul, where we're not only in our head, we're in our body as well. So for me, I love yogic philosophy as a guide to life. Yoga poses, which is really just like one small part of yoga, but I love that to come back to my body because I am someone that like thinks a lot. Like I have constant ideas, constant inspiration. I'm a lot of the time I'm in like this creative mode and thinking about things and like going on tangents from what I think of. So I really love practices that get me back into my body to just to take a little break from all the mental activity. And I think that's really common these days, just the thinking that's going on. And yoga really helps us get back into our body. So you mentioned before that you start practicing yoga on 2015, right? Yeah, like I'd probably been to a few casual classes and stuff before casual. that. But yeah, 2015 was really when I started to have a more dedicated practice. What were the changes before and after that uh, mm. yoga brought to you? Yeah, so I felt like one of the biggest things that I think is so important for everyone is that I finally learned how to breathe properly. Before that, I never breathed out of my nose. I was always like mouth breathing, which is not good. We need to be breathing in and out through our nose, letting our belly fully rise. So like that was one thing. And when I started to breathe properly, I noticed that I was always more grounded. I was always calmer. I was more present. Like there were so many ripple effects from simply breathing properly. When it came to the yogic philosophy, I, the chakras has, was something I started learning about initially. And I still integrate a lot of chakra work into what I do. And I even still continue to develop my understanding. Having a basic understanding of the chakras just kind of really highlighted to me the different energies that exist within our body and how we can bring focus to, to different parts, like our heart chakra for like connecting to our heart chakra to love and accept ourselves, or connecting to our sacral chakra for like connecting to our emotions and our femininity and our 
third eye for our intuition and things like that. So that level of philosophy, but also energy connection was really powerful for me to explore. And then there's things like, like ahimsa means nonviolence and just like looking at a way of life like that to live a life where I'm really grounded in myself, making a positive impact to others while loving everyone and being kind to myself. I think that yoga is overestimated. I have many friends that they say, ah, yoga, no, thank you. I prefer to do spinning. I prefer to do another active class. Yoga is just amazing. It's like such a complete practice and change your mindset. What's your experience when you are teaching others to relax when they have a chaos in life? Yeah, so every class is different and it, it kind of depends on the student's experience level, what they have going on that day, just like how, how they're feeling in general. When I first started teaching, I was so focused on myself. I need to do this pose perfect because they were all watching me, expecting me to like demonstrate perfectly. And I was so focused on like, what am I going to wear? What music am I going to play? But as I kept teaching, I turned my full attention to I'm showing up and creating space to hold for these students to have a good experience. So I stopped planning my classes and just let myself intuitively lead them every time. And what I notice in students, like I notice when they're not breathing properly. So I'll, I like doing verbal adjustments so that students can learn how to correct themselves or how to adjust themselves. And I always really encourage my students to like, you never have to do exactly what I'm saying. If you want to adjust something, you know your body better than I ever will. So go for it and, and try something, see how it feels or just sit in child's pose or, or do whatever you need to. But I notice like when people like have their shoulders hunched up, they're so stressed. So I will be like, relax your shoulders. Or when we're clenching our jaw, we're holding, we're creating tension in our hips. So it's like, I just remind students to like, relax the shoulders, relax the jaw, allow your body to soften. And some students come in, like we all have in yoga philosophy, there's three different like energy types, the doshas, pitta, vata and kapha. So everyone has different constitutional energies. Mm -hmm. So people that are really pitta, they want the intense workout. They want to, they'll take the advanced option every time. They'll do like an extra vinyasa. They'll just be like, go, go, go. But what they really need to balance out their energy is the longer cool down to, come, to hold poses for a little longer, to do things that focus their mind so that they're not distracted. And then people that are in avata energy, like they're really mentally active. So they need things that really get them in their body so that they can balance out that mental pressure. And then kapha people are kind of like like water and earth is kapha energy. So they're like a little bit more like the sluggish and grounded people that are, are really grounded, but they actually need a bit more fire. So they need a bit more dynamic movement. So for me as a teacher, it's really just about, and like there'll be a mix of these energies in any class. So it's really just about looking at what energy is everyone presenting today and what can I do to give them the best experience that is going to help them balance their energy? Because that's really what I think my role is as a teacher, helping guide them to balance their own energy 
because like like energy increases like energy when you mentioned your friends that don't want to go to yoga they just want to do that high activity spin class or whatever they probably have a lot of pitta and vata energy within them and they're they're being called to relax but they're resisting it and they're creating this cycle where they're always up always up always up eventually they'll crash down but if we can constantly and consistently balance our energy to come to a state of being grounded and balanced then we'll never burn out we'll never feel exhausted because we're proactively doing what we need to come back to balance whereas if we're too far into one energy all the time we're just exacerbating that state of being and we'll eventually reach like a our full limit in that area and need to do something drastic to come out of it all makes sense. I really wanted to ask you about self-confidence because you are a woman full of energy, full of projects, and everything that you do obviously requires lots of self-confidence. How you see yourself, how you express. At the beginning of our interview, you mentioned that when you were 13 years old, you were lacking this area as most of teenagers in general. How do you approach this help and how you balance that to keep yourself accountable to show and be a strong woman such a good question so when when i was 13 and lacking self-worth and self-esteem i still feel like i was confident in certain things like i was very confident that i was a really good student i knew that i was a good problem solver I knew what I was good at and I was confident in my ability to get things done, to do anything, but I lacked confidence in other areas like saying what I really saw in being comfortable in my body. So I think that sometimes we can label ourselves as not being confident, but when we recognize that we are we are all confident in certain areas, we're confident in our ability to do a certain thing. Like we're confident that we can get up and start walking. So we need to recognize first that we do have confidence in certain things. And if we're confident in one thing, we can expand that confidence into other things. I feel like when it comes to expressing your work, sharing things that you've made, making an impact and just feeling this overall sense of confidence in your life, what that really starts with is feeling grounded and present in who you are. When you know who you are, then you internally source your power and there's no reason to ever not feel confident in that. Yeah, there might be little moments of self-doubt. There might be little moments where you're, you question things, but you haven't, you're overall, you're grounded in who you are. When we don't know who we are is when we try to externally source our power. We'll try to seek external validation. We'll try to get praise. We'll try to take power from other people by like putting them down or by trying to just get their approval by people pleasing or doing all these other things. When we're constantly externally sourcing our power, we have no grounded foundation. So our confidence depends on what is happening around us. We're reactive to like when someone praises us, we're, we're happy and we're confident. But when someone gives us feedback, that's a little bit hard for us to hear. Our confidence goes all the way down. So confidence is kind of like a, on a scale when we're ungrounded. It'll go up when things are going well. It'll go down when things are not going well. When we're grounded in who we are, our confidence is infinite at all times. It doesn't waver based on what's happening around us. We know that 
if we make a sale in our business, amazing, we celebrate it. If no one signs up to our program, that doesn't impact our confidence because we know who we are and we know that everything is happening as it should happen. So I think we really need to come home to who we are so that we recognize that nothing that happens around us has any impact on our worth and has any impact on who we are. When we're not grounded in that, then we're, our, our confidence scale reacts to whatever is happening around us. I love this too. Last example that you're giving to strength our confidence. I feel also that self-confidence is a roller coaster. What would you advise to everyone that they're like going through these stages of losing their self-confidence, especially right now on the quarantine, the confidence to keep moving forward? A couple of things. Firstly, have a daily practice to remind yourself who you are. And you can do this in a range of different ways. You can do it through just meditation, affirmations. Remind yourself that you have moved through every single challenge you've ever faced in your life. Remind yourself that you can manifest anything you want. Remind yourself of your power in whatever way gives you evidence of your power. If we look back at our life stories, we all have evidence of times we've overcome a challenge. We all have evidence of times where we have been really confident. So we can remind ourselves of all those times and we can remind ourselves if we could show confidence in those times, then we can do it now and we will move through anything. Even if the future is uncertain, even if we don't know the end destination, even if we don't know the how, we can choose to have confidence based on past evidence. Secondly, I would say to create the rules of life that you want to live by. Our mind and our energy is so powerful and our rules of life is what we create to be true. And we can do this through affirmations and through putting unresisted thought behind, behind things as well. So for example, something that I believe to be true is I can manifest anything I want. Something I believe to be true is I have a constant stream of ideas and inspiration flowing into my mind. I know these things are true because I state that they're true. I choose to believe that everything happens for me. I choose to believe that I'm whole, complete and enough exactly as I am. These are my rules to life because I'm choosing them to be true. So what things about your life do you want to be true? Do you want to believe that things are uncertain? So that means I can't be confident. Or do you want to believe I am confident because I'm enough at all times? I'm confident because I'm a really amazing problem solver. I'm confident because I have worked out every challenge that has ever faced me. I'm confident because I can manifest, I can adjust, I can adapt whatever, whatever, whatever. And even if when we first state these new rules, even if we don't initially fully believe them, the more we repeat them to ourselves, the more we act Agreed. like they mm-hmm. are true, the more they will be represented as true fact in our life. Affirmations, they have a really particular power in our mind that gives us more strength and confidence on what we're doing. I'm very curious what excites you and inspires you every day, especially right now to write. What really excites me is like new ideas and and creating new things. So whenever I get a new thought, I just get so excited by it. 
And sometimes like I do have to rein in this a little because I'll have like so many open projects that are like half finished, but I, it just really excites me to create things. It really excites me to see growth in other people. And it just really excites, like, I feel like something I'm really focused on at the moment is allowing everything in life to excite me. Like every time someone pays me, like how exciting that I created that money through doing something I love, how exciting that other people are getting so much value from what I'm offering. It's so exciting whenever I get a phone call from my sisters or from friends or family, like everything. I'm just letting everything in life excite me at the moment. Which is amazing yeah, like, because we don't pay yeah. attention to it sometimes and it's there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what, what's inspiring me is that like my vision for life really inspires me and just the belief that I can manifest anything I want. And I know like I don't have to sit around waiting for things. I put in the action, I align my energy and then I surrender and I allow things to come to me. And, and that really inspires me that the exciting things that are coming, but also the things that I'm experiencing right now. It's exciting that you know the mission of your life and I'm curious to know. The mission of my life, I feel like, is to inspire women to come home to themselves. And like, like I have so many things on my vision board, some really like big stretch things that I imagine for my life is like on my vision board, I have things like to be the 21st century voice of leadership, to be a New York Times bestselling author, to be an international well-known coach and like things like that, that they're so inspiring to think about. And even though when I think about it logically, I think they're so far away. How could it ever happen? Like I'm not getting caught up in the how. I'm just letting myself be inspired by right. that vision. And I love it. You should see your face when you're speaking about it, when you're just like talking about your <laughs> visions. Your face looks like a girl to be in Disneyland. It's amazing <laughs> that we can drive ourselves there. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? This is actually a question that I've been thinking a lot about lately. What makes me happy? Love attraction. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what makes me happy? Like, I feel like connecting to nature makes me happy. Helping others makes me happy. Learning about new things really excites me. It makes me happy. Like the moon, looking at the full moon and learning about the moon cycle and engaging with that energy, having conversations like this, like connecting to other people. Like I think there's happiness to be found in everything really. I would love to know who is your big inspiration in life and why? Yeah, so many. I feel like <laughs> it sounds a little like I have to say my the future self that I envision is is a big inspiration for me. And then like my my nonna, my grandma who I live with, she is just like the most loving, kind, gentle person. She really inspires me. And then there's people like Marie Folio, who is like an amazing intellectual. I love coach. her. Yes, I agree. I, love her so I just much. like crossed with her a couple of weeks ago, believe it or not. And yeah. I didn't know much about her before. And she's so powerful. Mm. She's such an inspiration. Yeah. And yeah, there's so many amazing inspirational people like, like Joe Dispenza, like Simon Sinek. I'm really into their work at the moment. Rebecca Campbell, like, there's so many. I love being inspired by people that are doing. Would yeah. you pick someone as a role model? Like that I personally know or I would like, say Marie Folio is definitely my idol. Like she's on a pedestal for me. 
Yeah, she's one of a kind, definitely. So right now, are you, do you have favorite personal quotes that keeps you with this inspiration? Mm, I feel like more affirmations. I am worthy. I'm whole and complete and things like that. And which is like your favorite affirmation? I think just I'm enough would have to be. I love your answer, especially when I ask you who inspires you, you being able to say my future self. I never heard this before and I love it. So further than doing yoga, because like I know like that's your daily practice, how do you balance yourself? Yeah, so I have like daily, weekly and monthly rituals that I do. Daily, I do like Nadi Shodan Pranayama, like a alternate nostril breathing for a few minutes and then I'll do like a little chakra cleanse meditation. And I also do most days, I kind of do like a soul client meditation where I just visualize myself speaking to my soul client, like listening to what her like concerns, struggles or, or anything that she wants to work on. So I yeah do that a lot of days. And then weekly, I do like a kind of more fuller check-in with myself, like what's going on? What am I working on? Where's my energy been at? And then monthly, I'll have like a new moon ceremony to kind of get really clear on what I want to focus on and then full moon to release things. And then I have like other other practices. So it, yeah, it's kind of that's how I keep my structure and commitment at the moment is just having these like daily, weekly, monthly practices in place that connect me with spirit, that connect me with my intuition and that reconnect me with my purpose and, and the rules for life that I want to follow. Interesting. How you can or would like to pass the lessons you learn through your life to your kids or next generations? Like, I feel like the biggest thing is, like, I don't have kids at the moment, but I definitely see, see kids in my future. And I just, I feel like I would first and foremost want to be the example. And I want my kids and the future generation and like really everyone, but focusing on people from a young age is to just love themselves for who they are and to really acknowledge what's unique about them and to try to not fit them into how I want to live my life because that's what I think is best to really understand them to help them understand themselves and I know that like there's a lot of people that say we have to go through childhood trauma in order to be spiritual and light and, and that no matter what parents do they'll always cause some kind of trauma in their children and I think like that might be true but I would I feel like a lot of that is caused from kids not feeling understood so I would put a lot of effort into understanding them because my work all of my work is helping guide people back to who they really are to stand in their full presence and their full confidence so I would hope to be able to do that for my kids as well but we never know what what life will throw at us so I don't know exactly what my experience with kids would be, but that's what I envision. 10 years apart from today. What yeah. would you tell your future self? I feel like I would more ask my future self questions, like because my future self would like know everything that I know now, plus so much more. So I feel like I would ask her what perspectives are really important to have, like what affirmations are important, like what, what is she doing? I feel like that's kind of like a, a quantum leaping meditation practice that I do monthly where like I, in my meditation, I visit my future self and ask her things as a way to collapse time and get the results that she has quicker. That's interesting. So yeah, but I feel like 
what advice would you give to her? Or I don't know if you're doing something good and you want to tell, like, keep going. Uh, you're doing great or don't stop or these kind of things more in advice kind of way further than mm. just questioning. I guess I would, I would remind her of like the mission that I have now. And yeah, just to like, I guess in terms of advice to like, remember your why, remember your purpose, remember your reason for doing what you're doing. And remember that like everything is happening for you. So stay on your path and keep being your full self. Changing the topic. What are the unique challenges that your business and you as an entrepreneur are going through this time? Like right now? Yes, through the quarantine. So one thing that changed in my business is like I was teaching in-person yoga classes in a few different businesses. And I was like setting up all these new contracts and stuff. So all of that stopped. So I'm not teaching any yoga at the moment because I'm at home. But I am kind of enjoying that break. So I don't know if I'd call it a challenge, but it's definitely been a difference. Yeah, it's a difficult question for me to answer because I don't like to label things as challenges. I feel like everything's just something to navigate through or to for me to adapt in, in some way. But I feel like maybe one thing is that there's a lot of collective fear and collective uncertainty. So not it's not necessarily a challenge, but something for me to show up at a high level for, for my clients and the people I'm leading to help them move through that fear. For me, like I feel like I trust that everything is happening as it should happen. And I trust that any experience I'm having is only temporary. So, so your philosophy is yeah. more about accepting what we're going through. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I don't feel like I'm really answering your question, but I honestly wouldn't label anything I'm experiencing as a challenge. Which it makes sense. Like if we would all accept what we're all going through, it would be so much less negativity and resistance for what we are Definitely. experiencing. Yeah, and I fully acknowledge that I have like different circumstances to other people. Like I didn't, I was already running an online business. I didn't suddenly lose my job. I didn't suddenly have to stay home and homeschool my kids. Like, like I'm not experiencing things that a lot of other people are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like I have a different experience. What are a couple of things that you daily do to keep your purpose alive? So every morning I will do like my pranayama meditation practice. And in that meditation, it's more like, I guess, a visualization where I like connect with my soul client, connect to my purpose, connect to my spirit team, connect to my body, mind and wholeness. That's definitely really important to me. And the biggest thing that I do daily, I feel like is allow myself to flow with my energy. So if I'm really motivated and excited, then I will like just... I always have a really clear vision in my mind. So I'll just create it and put it out there. Whereas some days I want to rest all day and it might be like three days where I won't do any work at all. So a daily point of connection and then just allowing my energy to flow and, and be expressed in the moment how I feel best. If you will have like the power right now to ask people a specific help or a thing that you, Rachel, need what it would be. So to ask any three people like in the world? Yes, like in your community, in the world, potential clients. I, I feel like a, a big part of my journey is 
helping others. So I feel like one question would always be like, what can I do to best serve you? And like something that I personally really want to do is speak more at events and online events and in-person events when, when they can happen again. So I guess if I could get like advice or help from someone, I would kind of seek guidance in, in expanding in, in that area of my business and the next level of my impact. And yeah, I feel like that might be all. And talking about a little bit of what you're doing right now, we speak at the beginning that you're currently focused on your mastermind group for women and it's a leadership mastermind. Would you want to share yeah. a little bit of that? I would love to. So it's called the Soul Leadership Mastermind and it's a six-month sacred container to focus on self-mastery and loving service. It's open for six women who really want to amplify their impact as a, a spiritual leader and how I define a leader is like we are all leaders how well we lead is up to us so even if you're not like fully confident in calling yourself a leader at this point if you're being drawn to this kind of work you are a leader and this mastermind will really help to amplify your capacity to lead as well as like your confidence and, and the impact you'll make the focus is like leadership mindset energy spirituality business and money and you it, have all really covered exciting. yeah so they're the yeah the six topics and every month we're going to have a a really intensive focus on one of those six topics it's going to be really fun so in any mastermind it's like you have this soul squad to hype you up to celebrate you to talk to you about your struggles or anything you're experiencing in your life business or impact and you don't have to have a business if you want to start a business it'll be really powerful for you but you don't necessarily have to be in business it's about making impact in any way in life and it's going to be we're going to have a new moon ceremony and a full moon ceremony every month we're going to have group coaching sessions we're going to have like guided activation meditations a heap of worksheets that I've made and resources in those six areas that I mentioned earlier and it's just going to be amazing and fun and I'm so excited to welcome the six initial women that will be joining in for this six month journey. Excited for that as well. It sounds amazing. My best wishes for that. And would you like to share anything else that we haven't and you feel like you want to? I think we've covered so much, but just like a, another reminder for everyone listening that you can create anything you want to in life and you don't you create your limits so if you feel like you're not enjoying something in your life right now you have the power to change that and the more you become aware of who you are the more you connect with your true essence and the more you ground in that personal power the more opportunities will open for you and I something that came really clear to me in a meditation yesterday was around this idea that like some, I hear a lot of people talk about like when this happens, then I'll do that. When I lose weight, then I'll do a program about dieting or, or something. Or when I make more money, then I'll start investing my money. When I have more followers, then I'll launch my first business offer, things like that. Whereas like something that's really important to remember is that in, if we think about a sports analogy, whether you're in like a small local team a big national team or an international team 
the game is played the same way at every level and it's the same in our life and business. The game has the same universal laws. So if money, for example, if you aren't managing $1, you're not going to be able to manage a million dollars. So start now wherever you're at and know that the more you start to manage, amplify and experience at the level you're at now, the more you grow the space that you're able to hold space, success and abundance for. So no matter where you're at now, no matter what your past experience has been, you have the power to create the reality that you want. And it's so important to start now and not think when whatever this thing happens, then I'll start because that's just delaying your starting point because your starting point's going to be the same whenever you start. I love it. And I keep this quote that you mentioned, you create your limits. I already like write it down and this is just amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for all what you just like shared to me. How can everyone reach you out? So you can find me at by Rachel White on Instagram and Facebook and byrachelwhite.com is my website. And I would love to hear from anyone that has any questions or just wants to share that you listen to the episode. I always love contact and connection. So you can reach out anytime. You are such an inspirational woman and powerful. And I love to connect with human beings like you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I've enjoyed and loved this conversation. This episode helped me to learn that no matter what you want to accomplish, it's all possible with the right focus, dedication, and drive. I truly admire her strive to help others to rise and love how she's channeling her love to serve a community of women. She's a very inspiring young woman. Don't forget to smile. Stay safe and healthy there. And remember, you can do anything you want. And until next time, truly yours. If you like this podcast, please go on iTunes or any other platform and give us five-star review. That would help me to reach out to more like-minded people and help more women to grow their businesses and assist in what they do. Thank you, and don't forget to smile.